Welcome to Political Beatdown. I'm Ben Micellis, joined with Michael Cohen, co-host with the Mostest. First off, happy Halloween, everybody out there. Michael Cohen is going as himself, as Superman, obviously, dressing up as himself. And me too, that's our theme. We're both dressing up like ourselves. I'm Ben, he's Superman. So let's get on with the show. Michael Cohen, we're about a week out from when your testimony was. And thankfully, um, you provided us. We're so grateful that you provided us with kind of your immediate reaction right after the testimony, the day of, and then the day after. But I want to get your reflections now that some time has passed. Hopefully, you've been able to get a little rest, although I know that's very difficult still. But there's been a lot out there about your testimony and what that interaction was like with Alina Haba, what you testified to, what she asked you. So I'd love for you to clear up the confusion now and maybe just give us a broader context of what went down now that we're about a week removed. Sure. So one of the things that Donald and team decided that they were going to do is they were going to concentrate specifically on trying to discredit me. Somewhere along the line, one of the legal beagle geniuses that he now employs said to him that if we could discredit Cohen to the extent that, um, you know, we keep calling him a convicted liar, etc., they're going to then make that motion for a directed verdict, claiming that Tish James could not or should not have relied upon his testimony, being that, again, he's a convicted perjurer and a liar, and as a direct result, that the judge would have no doubt, no choice but to provide him uh, with a directed verdict. Well, when Cliff Robert decided to make that motion and the judge basically laughed at him and said, um, absolutely denied. I mean, I've, I've, done my share of legal work over the years, uh, going back since 1991-92, I've never seen a judge, and I've never heard a judge ever say absolutely denied. I mean, it's just something that I've, I've never seen happen. What they were trying to do is claim, in the very beginning of my testimony, both on direct and then on cross, I stated which I have stated on many occasions that I did not commit tax evasion, nor did I commit a misrepresentation to the bank uh, regarding the HELOC or on anything for that matter. Well, in the testimony that they had, which was the testimony before the Senate Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, I stated the the question that was asked of me was specifically, did Donald Trump tell you to inflate his assets in the statement of financial condition? And I stated the answer, which was no. So you may be saying to yourself, well, how is it possible that you're saying no, but in the first part of your testimony, you stated that he told you to inflate the numbers. In fact, I didn't say that he told me to do it. What I said was he directed me to do it. 
And let me explain the distinction here, because there is no lie. And the only ones that are trying to spell this out as a lie are obviously Team Trump. They're the people that are around him, as well as like the OANs and the Newsmax. So here's how I explained it in redirect. Donald Trump speaks like a mob boss, meaning, and I've been saying this forever, he did not specifically state that I should inflate the assets. What he said was, I'm not worth $5 billion. I'm actually worth six. In fact, it's, it's probably more than that. It's probably seven. Even It may even be eight. And then he would direct Alan and I to go back to Alan's office where we were tasked with reverse engineering the numbers into what number that he wanted. So my answer to the Senate Permanent Select Committee is actually factually and correct, which is I did not, I was not specifically told by Donald to go inflate it. Again, he speaks like a mob boss. He nevertheless directed me to go along with Alan to the back, to Alan's office, figure out the, how to reverse engineer the number into the number that he wanted or as close to it as we can get, and then to return to him, show it to him for sign-off. That's the difference. So when he came walking out, like, you know, the Mandarin Mussolini just, you know, conquered Rome, you know, with his hands up in the air, we just won the case. Uh, but the judge being who the judge is uh, and being that he is uh, a Trump hater, et cetera, et cetera, that didn't work. He did not win the case. In fact, the only person who actually perjured themselves that day happened to have been Donald himself. Think about it. So I'm on the stand for eight hours each day, right? The, um, the two days I was on the stand. And everything that I said, I answered every question, and I answered it honestly and truthfully. So Trump comes out, makes a statement. Of course, the statement goes right back to what he always does. He attacks the judge, and he attacks the judge's law clerk, which is the, the most ridiculous thing in the fact that the gag order that Judge Angoron placed on him was so specific. Do not talk about my staff. Angoron doesn't care if Trump talks about him. Don't talk about my staff. Somebody can get hurt or worse. But Trump can't even adhere to the most minimum of a gag order possible. Instead, what does he do? He attacks the judge's law clerk as well. So, and Goron will have none of this. And what does he then do? He then has Donald take the stand. And under oath, he asks him, who were you talking about when you made that statement outside the court um, the court door, right outside these courtroom doors, who were you talking about? To which Trump turns around and he says, I was talking about Michael Cohen, who was sitting next to you. No, I wasn't. I was sitting in the witness chair, right? I may have been in the same dais as the, as the judge, but the person sitting next to him who he was clearly referring to was Judge Ngoron's law clerk, plain and simple. In fact, Ngoron's comments to Trump 
I don't find your testimony credible. You know what that amounts to? Ben, that amounts to perjury. The only one that fucking lied on the stand happened to yep. have been Donald. And he was only on the stand for what? Three minutes in total? I can just imagine what his testimony will be like if he has the guts, which he does not, if he has the guts to get up onto the stand for this New York AG trial after Don, Ivanka, and Erico. Someone asked a good question in the chat that I'm curious about as well, and, and, and you probably know the answer. How many executives are there at the Trump organization? The question was a little more broad than how many employees, but I don't want to refer to just like, you know, some of the staff who worked, you know, in the catering or things like that. How much like executives, VP levels and above are at the Trump organization? Uh, including... The three kids, Don, Ivanka, and Eric, probably, I, I, I think it's um, an additional 12 in total, um, myself obviously included, but it's probably an additional 12. But out of those 12, six were really the inner circle um, or the circle of trust, as uh, Robert De Niro put it in Meet the Fockers, right? That's really what it was. It was probably six people in total doing everything for him day to day plus the kids so make it nine and then maybe another six in total uh that were executives but they really did their own thing like for example the the guy who was an executive vice president but ran the hotel division or the guy who was the executive vice president who ran the uh trump international realty or another executive um vice president who was in charge of construction um you know they didn't really interact with donald uh as we did on a day-to-day -day basis and actually multiple times per day yeah um so it's not a sprawling hundreds or thousands of executives so when eric's there in his deposition or don jr or donald saying that they don't even recognize who these people are or who don't even know i just want people to be very clear that it's not like this is one of this like a multinational corporation that donald trump tries to project that this thing is where he may not know executive number 973 here's what i want to say about no, but the see the ones that it's a good point but executive 973 there is no executive exactly that's the point exactly the point is there are at, at least more than a thousand total employees but that also includes people that are working at the golf course you know the exactly. groundskeepers uh that also includes the guys that take care of the golf carts or the ones that work in the um you know in the shop you know, selling the golf clubs, the balls, the hats, the shirts, and so on, or the ones that work in the restaurant from the, sh uh, the chef all the way to the waiting staff. Yes, I could acknowledge that Donald probably would not, you know, he would, uh, he would not recall the names of those individuals. However, the core group, even yeah. like when he says, you know, he doesn't know Eric, I think even acknowledged in the deposition that he didn't know what Alan Weisselberg's exact role or title was. And I sat there and I scratched my head and I was saying to myself, wow, I mean, 
if anybody wants to grab a perjury charge, it's clearly Eric. You don't know who the CFO is, a guy that's been around longer than you've been on this earth. Are you joking me? Right. The guy that's been with your father since day number one of the creation of the Trump book given to him by Fred Trump, because Alan originally worked for Fred as a bookkeeper in order to keep his eye on the money that Fred was loaning to Donald. So the fact that Eric can make a statement, he doesn't know who Alan Weisselberg is, or or I should really say what his exact role was, is comical considering for at least the last four or five years, Eric and Don have been running the company. So you don't know that the guy you have to go to, the guy who controls every single aspect as it relates to the finances of that company is Alan Weisselberg and what his role is? Come on. That's why this week you're going to have Don Jr., Eric testify. I wanted to give all our brigaders the framework right there about how big the Trump organization is, how many executives they are, so we could be discerning when these lies are made. And, and here's the thing. As much as I want Donald Trump to be held accountable, I don't want there to be a Trump-hating judge who is over any of his cases. I want a judge who follows the law. And Judge Ngoron is not a Trump-hating judge. When you ask New Yorkers about Judge Ngoron, litigants go before him all the time. He's known as a little quirky, but very fair. He has no bias or favor to one side, plaintiffs or business or anything like that. He's someone who cares about the law. And that is all I want. I want someone who, and when he has the role or when she or they have the role of the trier of fact, that they are able to look through the evidence and focus on the evidence and remove emotion. And when they're ruling on the law to do the same thing and apply the law. And that's what Judge Ngoron is doing. And here's the thing. With all of the tough guy acts that Eric and Don Jr. and Donald Trump do when they are out on the media, and here's what I always say to the MAGA supporters, okay, then why don't they act like that when they're under oath? So if that is something they truly believe, because they're telling you on a validator, one of the media networks that you look to, just answer this, why do they become a different person when they're testifying under oath or say very different things. Let me show you this clip. This is Eric Trump's deposition. I'll show a, a small portion of it. But in this clip, Eric Trump continues to basically say he doesn't know anybody. And this is a preview of what's gonna happen this week when he testifies. I wanna get your reaction to it, Michael Cohen. But one of the things that he says is when he's asked about Cushman and Wakefield, and by the way, for anyone out there who knows real estate, you know what Cushman and Wakefield is. Cushman and Wakefield, unlike the Trump organization, is actually a multinational billion dollar organization with offices across the world. I think in 2022, they did over $10 billion in revenue. And Cushman and Wakefield served as the appraisers on various properties at the Trump organization, while Eric was the one leading the Trump organization uh, purportedly. And the person from Cushman and Wakefield was somebody named David McArdle. 
And Eric Trump is asked about Cushman and Wakefield and the lawyers who were responsible for a major piece of the portfolio that he was supposed to oversee. And watch how Eric fumbles this. And he's trying to almost figure out the Rubik's Cube of lies that he and his family created. And he kind of just freezes. Watch this. Um, and do you recognize the name David McCardle? Um. I recognize the name very vaguely, um, and I, yeah, I recognize the name very, very vaguely, uh, Cushman, Cushman Wakefield, um, yes, I, I recognize the name. Um, and does this refresh your recollection that in mid-2014, um, Cushman and Wakefield had been retained to provide consulting services related to an analysis of the estimated value of a potential conservation easement on all or part of the Seven Springs estate. Uh, truthfully, Andy, it really doesn't. Um, this isn't to me. Um, I didn't sign this. This looked like it was something between Sherry Dillon um, and Cushman and Wakefield. Um, it's extremely consistent with what she would have done. Um, it's extremely inconsistent with what my role is at the company. I just don't... I think I was very kind of clear that, to the best of my knowledge, I really haven't been involved. Um, appraisal work on this property. Well, um, are, are you saying that this engagement um, could have happened without your knowledge and approval? I'm just saying I don't remember this. Um, I'm not on here. I never signed this document. Um, I, I just don't seem to recall anything about this. You know, it's I pour concrete. I operate properties. I don't focus on appraisals between a law firm and, and Cushman. This is just not, it's not what I do in my day-to-day -day responsibilities. And you know, I, I mean, I hardly recognize the name. So Judge Ngoron looks at that, right? Judge Ngoron sees the evidence. It's not a Trump-hating thing. Ngoron looks at that and goes, that's not credible right there. You're supposed to be the leader of this organization, Cohen. But instead, he pours concrete. Could you imagine? I mean, that's going to be his out. I. It's not my day-to-day -day responsibility. Okay, listen, numbnut. It's very simple here. Your day-to-day -day operation when daddy became president was you and Don Jr. became the trustees of the Trump organization, handling the day-to-day -day operation of the company with Alan Weisselberg as the executor. Plain and simple. That's what, Google it. You'll see that what I'm saying is 100% accurate. And nobody asked Eric to pour concrete. Eric couldn't pour concrete if it was quick set. 
I mean, it's just a, it's a joke. It's a lie. And if you see, he's trying to wordsmith and play with, well, you know, um, I mean, I vaguely remember. I don't remember. It's not my job. It's not my responsibility. I pour concrete. Really? You see, if I was the attorney asking the question, my next question would be, okay, let me ask you this. When you pour concrete, don't you have to pour concrete depending upon the PSI, the pound, right, uh, per square inch? So if you're going to pour concrete, let's say for 1,000 PSI, how would you calculate it since you pour concrete? Have you actually ever operated a concrete machine? You know, have you actually, forgetting about whether or not you make the mixture, forgetting about whether or not you drive the truck that spins around and around, have you actually ever poured it and set concrete? And if he, first of all, I think he would say no, right? I've never actually physically have done it. So when you said that I poured concrete, what did you mean by that? You know, you hired somebody to pour concrete. Can we just be specific? And that's the problem. Nobody's really holding them to account. My lawyers did in the um, deposition that we took of Eric as well. And that goes back to the, uh, what do you call it, to the uh, Trump organization failing to pay uh, the legal fees. I mean, the same thing. He didn't know what Alan Weisselberg's role was. He didn't know who would sign off on on this, that, or the other thing. It's just, again, you know, they lie, all of them, with yep. such impunity. One of the comments that came up by one of our brigaders, it was a, it's a, a good question, but it's somewhat misguided. So I just wanted to explain it because it falls directly into this. When you say, why doesn't he just plead guilty and move on to his campaign and to the next case that's going to be um, you know, coming up, which is in March, it's either going to be the district attorney of New York case, the other one that I'm also involved in, or it's going to be uh, the Washington, D.C., the documents case. And here's the reason. Yeah, the you Washington, just to be clear, the Washington, D.C. one's the overturning the election case. Uh, no, that's uh, overturning the election is Georgia. The D.A. case I'm referring to, I think, is the one with the documents it's the document yeah, the, the document case is may of 2024 march 4th of 2024 the one before judge tanya chutkin yes. special counsel jack smith federal case overthrowing the results of the uh, got it got it that's got it um there's so many indictments in so many yeah. cases in all fairness who could keep who could keep track personally i don't even give a shit right <laughs> as long as he gets held accountable for each and every one of his dirty deeds but it's very important to understand this case with the new york attorney general once again it is a civil case so it's not like you could plead guilty the only thing you can do is sit down with tish james and her team of prosecutors and come up with an amount that you would be willing to sign off on and that government, that the New York Attorney General would be willing to sign off on. Clearly, you all understand that that's never going to happen with Donald because whether it's 250, 500 or 700 million, any, any amount such as this will ultimately cause a disgorgement of assets to the extent that he's going to lose the bulk of his assets, if not all of his assets, in New York. And the way I explain that, 
which would have been nice if somebody asked me that question onto it, what happens? Well, the sad part for Donald is that his basis is so low in these assets that when they get sold, when they're disgorged uh, and sold off by the receiver, he still has a taxable consequence on it. And since they are New York assets, and at the time Donald was a New York resident, uh, who knows how they're going to calculate the tax base on it? Is it going to be, um, you know, based off of just, say, Florida, which is where you have just federal? Uh, or is it going to be where, um, you know, you have New York, which is city, state and federal? I suspect it'll be city, state and federal, not only city, state and federal, but with the disgorgement, there's also going to be penalties plus interest. And that interest runs at like 2% a month compounded. So even if it is 250, with just the additional penalties, fines, and so on, you're probably looking at double the amount or at least 400 million. It's just not a number that Trump has in available equity in the assets while simultaneously paying the tax bill onto each and every one of those assets. So, you know, as my grandmother and grandpa would say, the guy is really of gechaktetsuris, which means he's got a lot of trouble. You know, and that's why he can't invoke his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination anymore, which is why he uh, answered questions at a deposition after first invoking the Fifth, because in a civil case, it's an adverse inference if you invoke your Fifth Amendment rights, meaning that the prosecutors, unlike in a criminal case where you can't do this, in a civil case, New York Attorney General Letitia James could tell the judge, look, the reason that they invoke the Fifth is because they're covering up for the fact that if they answered the question, they would be admitting that they are liable and you judge, or if there was a jury, you jury can make the inference of liability here and it would be an automatic finding of liability. So that's the bind that these uh, Trump and Trump kids are in. And this is really the first time in recent memory where there's a case that will hold them accountable where they actually have to testify because in the criminal cases, they're not going to testify. They're going to invoke the fifth because special counsel Jack Smith could not say, you see the reason ladies and gentlemen of the jury that they are not testifying is because they know they're guilty. And you could do that in a civil case. I want to show you here though, Don Jr. From his deposition, you mm -hmm. saw Eric, here is Don Jr. And here's Don Jr. Number two. <laughs> and Don Jr. thinks that the lawyer questioning him is flirting with him, whereas she's just amazed at how dumb he is. Watch this. Do you have any familiarity with an acronym GAAP, G-A-A-P? Generally accepted accounting principles, yes. Okay. How did you become familiar with that acronym? Probably in Accounting 101 at Wharton. Okay. Um, what do they teach you about generally accepted accounting principles in Wharton? Uh, well, I'm not an accountant, but that they are generally accepted. <laughs> Anything else? That's that's pretty much what I remember from accounting 101. So. <laughs> Have you told me everything you know about GAP? <laughs> uh, basically. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm sure I could come up with some creative uh, stuff to kill time, but I'd be doing neither of us a favor in terms of educating ourselves.
All right. Well, let's see if Donald Trump knows about generally accepting accounting principles because he had to sign off and he did sign off and the Trump organization signed off that their statement of financial conditions conform to generally accepted accounting principles. So, Don Trump, do you know about GAAP? Play this clip. To meet your obligation here of presenting the information in accordance with GAAP, was Alan Weisselberg responsible for that? Check to the form. I would say yes. Okay, what well, what about you, Alan Weisselberg? So Donald Trump is saying that you are responsible for the obligation of certifying the statement of financial conditions are consistent with GAAP. We heard from Don Jr. that he doesn't know what GAAP is other than he heard the term in a business class when he went to Wharton. He wanted to throw that out there. And we know from Eric Trump that he just pours concrete. So clearly the chief financial officer of the Trump organization will know about GAP, right? Because that's what they're certifying to. When Donald Trump holds those press conferences outside the court and says, here's, we have this clause and that clause and that clause. All right, let's just hear what your CFO has to say. Play this clip. If I said the phrase GAP, G-A-A-P, are you familiar with that acronym? I, I've heard of that, yes. Okay, tell me everything you know about GAP. What is GAP? Generally accepted accounting principles. I, I don't know what's in GAP. I never took a CPA exam. Okay. and never studied for it. So I don't know all the various components of what GAP is. Are there any components you know about what GAP is? Not really. Okay. No. So here's what I just you, you know what GAP really stands for, Ben? It's generally acknowledged assholes present. All right. Because and, that's really that's really what they are. I mean, I don't know this one. This one doesn't know that one. I'm the CFO, but I'm not an accountant, which he's not. He never took the CPA. He's a bookkeeper. And so, but, you know, look, uh, he's not supposed to, in all fairness, he's not supposed to know the specifics. That's why you had Mazers. But you would think after 50 years of, of doing this, you know that there are things that, you know, are improper uh, and, and so on. So Donald doesn't know it. Don Jr., who, and I've said this many times, is truly the brightest of the three children. And I know everyone's like, no, 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 it's Ivanka. No, it's not. Don is actually inherently the brightest of them all. I bet you Ivanka wouldn't be able to tell you even what GAP stood for. But putting all that aside, Don, and I, and again, I'm, I'm not saying it to disparage Ivanka or Eric and so on, but Don happens to be innately the brightest of the three of them. So that should just go to show yeah. you that this gene pool is far from the gene pool that, you know, that they want to portray themselves as. Let me gently push back here, though, against one thing that you said, though. There's no requirement that your chief financial officer of a multinational corporation be a certified public accountant, be a CPA. However, if you are running purportedly a successful, sprawling, multinational, complex corporation, that is something that you would think would be a skill that could be beneficial to a multinational corporation to have a chief financial officer who's more than just a bookkeeper. And here's the thing that I say also with maggots, the same thing like when it comes to who heads the Judiciary Committee in the House of Representatives. Sure, someone who is not a licensed lawyer 
could technically become the head of the Judiciary Committee, Jim Jordan, who never took or passed a bar exam. Does it make him or doesn't, well, for him it does, but for others, the fact that you're not a licensed lawyer, I don't think that just because you're a licensed lawyer means that you have some, wow, incredible intelligence. I, I, I just think that for the person who heads the Judiciary Committee, the same way the type of person who heads a multinational corporation as a CFO, I'd want you to be a CPA, Judiciary Committee, I want you to be a licensed lawyer. So when we talk about MAGA, it is this uh, fascism meets idiocracy and kind of lies and also just inherently unqualified people. And it goes back to what we said earlier in this program, which is it's it's not that we just uh, that I arbitrarily like despise a person or this or that. I despise being lied to. That's what I despise. And then being gaslighted by the people who are lying to me. And that's what we're here to do at Political Beatdown, which is to expose that, to call that out, and to make it clear with facts and evidence. We've got a lot more show, and I want to thank everybody who joined our Patreon Zoom chat this morning. It was great. I hope everybody enjoyed getting to meet Michael Cohen, getting to ask questions of Michael Cohen. We'll be doing another one this month. Also, we've posted the full live Zoom meeting on the Patreon. So if you're not a member and you want to watch, I mean, it got pretty intimate. I'm not going to lie. Like it got pretty into, you got to ask some tough questions, Michael Cohen in there, and you answered them all and, and, and you spent a lot of time answering them. So go to patreon.com slash political beatdown. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash political beatdown. You can direct message Michael Cohen on there. You can get access to our exclusive after show content and you can join us on our Zoom once a month and we've posted now that Zoom where you can see it in case you missed it. So, And for all of those people who attended today's uh, Zoom meeting or who are part of the Patreon, please, if you can, Put in the comments below if you think it is worth it in case there are people who are on the fence of should I join this or should I not join this. We're very confident that we spend a lot of time curating really good content there. So once again, it's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash political beatdown. We've got a lot more to discuss. I want you some of this footage from Donald Trump's uh, speeches that he gave in the past 72 hours in uh, hey. Sioux City and Vegas, some horrific stuff there. Then I want to talk about President Biden, 4.9% GDP growth, and yet legacy media doesn't talk about that. That and more after our first quick break. Did you know that your temperature at night can have one of the greatest impacts on your sleep quality? If you wake up too hot or too cold, I highly recommend you check out Miracle Made's bed sheets. Inspired by NASA, Miracle Made uses silver infused fabrics and makes temperature regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long using silver infused fabrics inspired by NASA, Miracle Made sheets are thermoregulating and designed to keep you at the perfect temperature all night long so you get better sleep every night. These sheets are infused with silver that prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets. No more gross odors. Miracle sheets are luxuriously comfortable without the high price tag of other luxury brands and feel as nice, if not nicer, than sheets used by some five-star hotels. 
Miracle sheets are the perfect gift for your spouse, friends, or family. Who doesn't want better sleep and luxurious feeling bed sheets? And since these come with three free towels, you get two gifts in one, just in time for the holidays. Stop sleeping on bacteria. Bacteria can clog your pores, causing breakouts and acne. Sleep clean with Miracle. Go to trymiracle.com slash beat to try it today or gift it to someone special this holiday season. And we've got a special deal for our live listeners. Save up to 40%. And if you use our promo beat, B-E-A-T at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product. It's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. That's great. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash beat and use the code beat to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40%. Again, that's trymiracle, T-R-Y-M-I-R-A-C-L-E dot com slash beat, B-E-A-T, to treat yourself, a friend, or loved one on this holiday season. We're brought to you today by Manscaped, who's taken a step up to bring your face the cleanest shave it's ever seen. So this season, no need to toil in trouble. Manscaped's all-new Handyman is the best way to get rid of that stubble. Featuring a compact design and next-gen skin-safe technology, the Handyman was designed to give you that smooth finish without the mess of a traditional shave. Get the Swedish treat this Halloween by going to manscaped.com and use code BEAT for 20% off plus free shipping. I truly love Manscaped's beard products, and it may be spooky season, but you don't want to go around scaring people with that scraggly beard. Give them something to look at with Manscaped's Handyman. With the Handyman skin-safe technology to help reduce nicks and cuts, you can finally feel confident when going for that close shave. For wet or dry use, feel free to bring this anywhere and everywhere. The compact design and airplane friendliness makes this the perfect travel tool for on the go. And for my wolfman with a little more scruff, Manscaped's Beard Hedger Pro Kit has everything you need to tame your mane. This cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths all with one guard. So no more drawers full with extra add-ons collecting cobwebs. That's right. Your Halloween costumes may take effort, but your beard grooming doesn't need to. When you can get 20 different beard lengths in just one guard. The Beard Hedger has a long-lasting battery, universal charging, and a strong motor. There's no trick with this treat. Manscaped has you covered. So get 20% off plus free shipping with code BEAT at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code BEAT. For a look as sweet as candy, get yourself the handyman from Manscaped. Welcome back. Ben Mycel is here, joined by... Michael Cohen, want to give a shout out to all of our pro-democracy sponsors there. We greatly appreciate your support and thank you to everybody who joined us on our Patreon uh, meeting today. It was great to see you all on Zoom. I want to show you, Cohen, what went down in the past 72 hours or so at these Trump speeches. And I think finally, after we keep reporting it here on Political Beatdown and throughout the Midas Touch Network, some legacy media is finally picking this up or finally, you know, saying, wait a minute, there may be something off with Donald Trump. You think? You think there may be something or you think it may be massive? And here's the first clip that I want to show. And this is a part of his speech, you know, his stump speech is he blames the lights, 
He praises Viktor Orban. He talks about his relationship with Kim Jong-un. He attacks NATO. He does this like skit where he mocks trans people and he like makes like weightlifting kind of grunt noises. And then he says that he'll go after Biden if elected. And then that's basically the speech. And oftentimes he's short circuiting in the speech and he's getting things um, wrong or uh, making a ton of mistakes. And But let me just show you this, because uh, as I said in a previous video, I said, no matter what the context is for what he's doing here, this should be disqualifying and make him unfit. The, the context makes it worse that he's mocking the way people are. Um, but just this behavior, if you thought Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, Obama, Biden, McCain, or anybody would act this way here, play this clip. <sighs> and they're proud, they're clapping, they're going crazy. I can't do it, Mama. Can't. Bum. I, I mean, like, what? It's it's just a if small I'm not mistaken, thing. Didn't he forget even where he was? Didn't he, he forgot. Yeah, he said he was like. Yeah, we'll get to that. He thought he was in South Dakota. He was in Iowa. He thought he was in Sioux Falls. He was in he was in Sioux City. I mean, it's it's absurd. Here, let me show you this next clip, though. Here, he takes credit for ending Roe v. Wade. Here, play this clip. I will. Continue to protect innocent life. Look what we did with the Supreme Court. Here, this is where he forgets what uh, city he's in. Here, play this clip. And a very big hello to a place where we've done very well, Sioux Falls. Thank you very much, Sioux Falls. And thank you. So, Sioux City, let me ask you. And here he is. Does he think he's fooling anybody? So, so silly. So, so silly. Uh, let me ask you this. He had nothing to ask them. Basically, he's trying to show that he has an idea where the hell he's at. I mean, seriously, this is the guy who's the front runner for the GOP. This is a guy who wants to be president of the United States again after a failing four years. What are these people thinking? Couldn't agree more with them. Here's what they're thinking. Attack NATO. Here, play this clip of Donald Trump attacking NATO. I'm not going to protect you any longer. And I remember the head of a country stood up, said, does that mean that if Russia attacks my country, you will not be there? That's right. That's what it means. I will not protect you. And the money came. And I want to show you this, too. This is what took place. Uh, before he spoke, there was a purported pastor who talks about you need to pray for Trump because Trump is getting all of this from God directly. Here, play this clip. Our leaders, especially President Trump, has faced scrutiny, criticism, and people have always been trying to knock him down. We need to constantly pray for them and pray for our leaders, pray for our President Trump as he listens to God and does what he says, watches his hand move, and do what he does. Listen again. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them, or else you may even be found fighting against God. Amen? Amen. And I see, I see a woman in the fourth row with a diamond ring. Come on, give it up to Trump. 
Amen. Amen. A little bit of hallelujah there. Just come on. Give up that diamond ring to Trump. He needs that money. He needs that money. Amen. Can I get a hallelujah out of you, Ben? Well, I will. You see the Trump. <laughs> what an asshole. Honestly, Did you see on the side, it was like buytrumpgift.com to get the surprise gift pack. I mean, what in the world is going on? Yeah, I, I'm doing a, a, a hot take on this later. I, I examined what like the Des Moines Register was saying about this and what was the, there was a, the Sioux Falls local paper wrote about it. They call themselves the Argus leader as well. And you watch what we're showing you right there. He's attacking NATO, mocking people, making weird noises, getting the name of the Women's city. Women's rights to choose. He's taking and the right. headline. The headline, and, and it's not even in a big. Uh, it's not like an arena. He's in like a small theater in Sioux City, a relatively small theater. It was it didn't have a lot of energy, and it, and it's not written by AI. But at this point, we've examined. So many of the local press stories about when Donald Trump goes into these red states, and it's like cookie cutter, you know. And I remember this expression coined by Hannah Arendt um, about the banality of evil and how it just becomes so ingrained in people's professions that, like the reporter, when I look through the reporter's timeline who was writing about these events, like it wasn't a MAGA person. She, she wrote about Pete Buttigieg coming to South Dakota. You know, she wrote about, you know, mental health. Like she's not like a, but she went there and like wrote the Trump piece without any, wait a minute. He's bragging about overturning Roe v. Wade, attacking NATO, praising Victor Orban, not knowing the right cities and mocking trans people. And it's like, and, and you write, the crowd gave him a rousing applause as he went after his political enemies. They do that every speech. That's why he keeps on doing the speech here. Because Trump he can't remember anything else, Ben. As you know, um, one of our, one of my favorite um, you know, uh, brigaders here, you know, Cheyenne from Hawaii, been a longtime supporter. Happy Halloween, Cheyenne. But you're right. It's the bullshit show. Now, I couldn't think of what to call Donald Trump's rallies. And it should be called. Remember, like, there was that that movie, The Truman Show? It this His rally should all be dubbed. As of today, I hereby declare on political beatdown to my brigaders. All right? To my brigaders. Trump's rallies are to be known as the bullshit show because that's all that they spew. It's hatred and bullshit. Nothing that comes out of his mouth. It is the biggest joke in the world. He doesn't he doesn't reflect properly or well upon Christians or the New Testament. Not in the slightest. First of all, the guy has never read the New Testament. He doesn't understand anything about religion because he doesn't. This is not my words again. This is his. He doesn't necessarily, he doesn't believe in God. In fact, you may have remembered when he said on Fox News that he's never apologized to God for making a mistake because he can't remember if he ever made one. I mean, that in and of itself, could you imagine? Donald Trump has never made a mistake. The fact that he wakes up is a fucking mistake. What nonsense. I mean, the guy wouldn't know the Bible from his Mein Kampf. This is not a joke. And again, every single show, I always say the same thing, and I hate, but it's imperative, the repetition on please make sure that you are all registered to vote. This is 
really pivotal. Not only you, but anyone that you live with, your family, your friends, your coworkers, that guy that walks on the street, your mailman. I don't care. Make sure everyone is registered to vote as a Democrat and let's kick Let's just kick the GOP's ass so bad with this massive blue tidal wave, this tsunami that will just drown out this GOP nonsense, the bullshit show. We need to drown them out. We need to show these GOP lunatics like the Marjorie Toilet Greens and the Josh Hawley's, who in all fairness has been kind of quiet, the George Santos's, the the whole group of them, we need to drown them out. We need to get rid of them, reclaim the house. Why? So that stuff can get done. Can you imagine how much more stuff would be able to be done if, in fact, we had decent people inside, not these obstructionists that are not only screwing up Biden's you know, wishes and wants in terms of running the country, but their own GOP is completely in turmoil. So- Please, please make sure, because again, we don't even want to leave this up, as they would say in the boxing ring. Don't leave it up to the judges, all right? We need to make sure it's a knockout punch once and for all. Yep, and here is Donald Trump. This was the speech he gave the day before the Sioux City speech, where, and this is part of his routine now, where he usually either yells at the lights, yells at the mic, yells at the staff. He, he blames something or someone on why his speech is terrible before, and it's kind of a crutch that he relies on. Watch him complain about the lights. And I apologize for those lights. The only place I don't have a light up here, so that means we're going to have to wig it tonight, okay? There's no light. They give us plenty of lights, but not to read this crap. Look, they write a beautiful, they wrote me a beautiful speech. I might as well throw it right out the window. And here, Donald Trump short circuits briefly, and we've seen this happen in almost every one of his speeches. He'll, he'll like forget the word, and then he does this thing where he'll be like, when any of just watch him, just watch it in action. <laughs> Colleges and universities will purge the anti Semitism and pro terrorism. Ter uh, what, what you're doing, the terrorism. This so take that, and now I want you to compare it to President Biden. This needs to get more attention. 4.9% GDP growth in the third quarter. Unemployment is the lowest it's ever been on record under President Biden. America now has brought inflation down so that it's the lowest of G7 nations with the highest GDP of G7 nations. Number one, right? Like, so if you were in the World Cup, we would be getting the trophy. We would be the champion. That would be a good thing. There's still a lot of work that needs to be done. And certainly a lot of the issues involve price gouging by Middle East oil suppliers, oil companies, multinational corporations that price gouge. And there needs to be steps taken while Republicans cover for them. And this isn't to spike the football, 
but 4.9% GDP growth. Donald Trump was bragging and the media amplified it when it was 2.7% GDP growth. And Donald Trump said 4.9% was never possible and that if you elected a Democrat, it would be negative 4.9%. Well, I have news for you. It's positive 4.9% GDP growth. So you saw Donald Trump's speeches. Now let me show you President Biden. Here President Biden is talking about the historic agreement that was reached with the United Auto Workers and the good economic news showing something that he always believed. Play this clip. Folks, look, today's historic agreement is yet another piece of good economic news showing something I've always believed. Worker power. Worker power is critical to building an economy from the middle out and the bottom up and so is economic growth. We just learned that our economy grew 4.9% the last quarter, the highest growth in two years, just as inflation continues to come down. We've more to do, but we're finally beginning to build an economy that works for working people, for the middle class, for the entire company, the, the entire country, including the companies. Because when we do that, the poor have a ladder up, the middle class does well, and the wealthy still do very well. We all do well. 4.9% GDP growth. Compare this to 2017 when Donald Trump was bragging about 2.6%. Only the data here, folks, on political beatdown. Play this clip. GDP for the quarter just released at 2.6%. So that's so much higher than anticipated. Remember I was saying we're going to try and hit 3% sometime over the next period of two years? Well, 2.6 is getting... Closer, Gary, closer than we thought, and a lot faster than we thought. But don't worry. And now, stupid. And now here's Fox last week announcing the 4.9%. Because you know, Fox, all these shows, they like root against it. And so once they get the data, they don't know how to present it. And so they're kind of like confused about it because they perpetuate these false narratives. Play this clip. That's right. We've got GDP at 4.9%. That is the first street on third quarter GDP. That is a surprise on the upside. We had been expecting consensus was 4.3%. You can see that's a big positive number. The Dow continues in negative territory ahead of the open here. Look at this. 4.9% is well over twice second quarter GDP, which was 2.1%. First quarter GDP, 2%. So you can see some really strong expansion here. And let's be clear, when Trump was hitting 2.6% while increasing our debt by $8 trillion, running the biggest deficits in the history of America, all of those business shows, all of those networks, front cover praising it, economic renaissance, how incredible it is. President Biden hits 4.9%. Those are like yeah. numbers Unheard, those are almost unheard of numbers. And, and I hate to say it, but Jamie Harrison was running the DNC, the Democrats. We are just not getting that message out there. That should be front and center on everything. The Biden spin machine, the Biden communications office, not a single word should be coming out on anything right now other than the GDP numbers. That's just where it should be. And, you know, as we come close towards the end of the program, of course, somebody has to get the two-finger salute. Otherwise, it just wouldn't be a political beatdown. 
And I thought long and hard about this. And I'll tell you who actually really, truly deserves it. We didn't have a chance to speak about him. It's um, Mag Mike Johnson. He's from uh, Louisiana, right? If I'm not yep. mistaken. Yeah. Yep. Mag Mike Johnson. If there's anybody that deserves it, this guy. If you take a look to see, first of all, he's completely inexperienced for the job. Second of all, he himself is an absolute anti, um, you know, anti-women's right uh, to choose. He is pro. He's pro-life. He is anti-abortion. He's so many things that these MAGA maniacs all want to do. He is absolutely 100% going to try to put something on the table as it relates to uh, same-sex marriage. The guy is the absolute worst of the worst. And how he ended up, you know, becoming the Speaker of the House, it just goes to show you how bad of a human being Jim Jordan was that he couldn't even get the speakership. But this guy is hopefully very short-lived. But as he continues to promote all of the things that have taken years and years in terms of you know social justice and civil rights and, and everything that has been done over the course of the last 50 years, woman's right to choose, this guy is absolutely 100% committed, committed to destroying it. And for that, MAGA Mike Johnson, all right, fuck you. And, you know, MAGA Mike's most recent move was to tie military aid to defunding the IRS and defunding the IRS, which actually will result in increasing the deficit and thereby increasing the debt. When the IRS is well-funded, the studies show what happens. The wait time reduces, so people are able to engage with it more. The IRS is able to conduct more audits of billionaires and decamillionaires, collect more tax revenue, and billionaires want to do the thing that Trump does, drag out the audits for years and years and years, decades and decades, and rely on an understaffed IRS. And so what the Republicans are trying to do, again, it's just gaslighting. They want to act like they're decreasing the deficit and decreasing debt, but they're increasing it and increasing the debt and then tying military aid to kind of a shtick. A, a, a I mean, the whole world right now is upside down. I you know, mean, everybody's and, and, seeing that. We're, we're, we're involved in helping to support not one but two, two wars right now. And these wars are incredibly important to the national security of not just the United States of America, but to the world. It's yep. it's to protect humanity. You can't allow uh, you can't allow a terrorist organization to decide to start taking hostages, some of whom are American and you have you know our so allies, citizens of um ally nations. You can't allow this to happen. And my heart goes out, it really does to the innocent people people, right? Not just in Palestine. This is just horrible. When Hamas would care as much about their people as we all care about life, then this nonsense would stop. But the same is going on in Ukraine with Russia, where they're just attacking innocent civilians. You know, simply why? Well, because that's what Russia does. That's what Hamas does. It is the same group of terrible people that want to just 
you know, it's like in the movie Batman, The Dark Knight Rises, where, you know, they were explaining Bane, who's supposed to be sort of the epitome of evil and so on. Some people just want to see the world burn. And that's exactly what these people are. It's, it, you know, something, Ben, you and I have had this conversation quite a bit. It's actually one of the reasons why I want to run for Congress. And I'm really, I'm getting close to getting the wife to agree to it. And I'll tell you one of the reasons why. I have coming up on my podcast within the next couple of days, um, Harry Dunn, the police officer. He's contemplating on making a run for Congress as well. And we were talking about it the other day when I was booking him for mayor culpa. And he was like, man, could you imagine the two of us as freshman congressmen? I'm like, freshman, my God, I'm old. <laughs> I'm older than like 75% of them, right? Well, I shouldn't say that much. There's a lot of old son of a bitches there. But, you know, could you imagine the two of us sitting there and just sort of bulldozing the, you know, the, to get something passed for the benefit of the country. I mean, especially Harry Dunn is one incredibly decent, decent guy. So, you know, I'm getting close to it. Uh, and trust me, my brigaders, you will all be the first to know. That info will be broken right here on Political Beatdown. Uh, and my hope is that I'm going to start moving this thing forward now that I have some time before March where I'm going to have to again testify uh, in the Danny trial, the district attorney of New York. So now is really the time I would love to be sitting there and going head to head with the likes of like the Matt Gates's or even like this idiot MAGA Mike Johnson. I have no patience for that sort of stupidity. You know, we've evolved as a society so much over the last five decades with still so much more to go. But nevertheless, we've evolved. And now they're bringing us back into the dark ages. Bullshit. Bullshit. You know, I'll, I'll say this too. And a lawyer early on in my career, a well-known lawyer once told me, you really need to understand, Ben, the power of your pen as a lawyer and what that means. And that line had a profound impact on me, meaning that the legal documents I file, what I attach my name to is ultimately a reflection of who I am, even if I'm just the advocate and just the lawyer. You know, and I think right now the example is we shouldn't uh, underestimate the power of the microphone and this platform and this community. And we work to make sure we're honoring this community and doing this community justice each and every day that you all created here on the Beatdown Brigade, spending painstaking time going through the facts, going through the evidence, assembling it and putting this all together in a way that is, is evidence-based, is fact-based. Because really what I despise is not this political party or that political, I despise being lied to. I despise being gaslighted. I, that's what I despise and what I yearn for in politics, in the halls of Congress, Michael Cohen, in the halls of the Senate, in, in positions of leadership and power and trust. I mean, there has to be a minimal threshold. There has to be kind of a floor of adult, mature, compassionate, 
normalcy driven behavior as the floor. Yeah. And, and, and then we should be able to move up from there and aspire to do right by the American people and to help American people and to use government for good. And there will always be dysfunction in the government. There will always be problems that's inherent in it. But I don't want to give up on the very fact that this American experiment is something I truly believe in. And I will not rest while I know that there are powerful interests out there who are trying to rip that apart, that are trying to rip that away from you. I love our flag. Yep. I well, love our constitution. I love the United States of America. And I want to do each and everything I can do every day with Michael Cohen, with you, the Beatdown Brigade, to make sure that we are supporting, defending, and protecting our democracy. Our so democracy. I just have two, I just have two requests from our brigaders. The first one is if you would be kind enough and go to my Twitter account at Michael Cohen 212. And you'll see pinned to the very top. Send the email, send a letter to President Biden regarding the pardon. So far, I know that there's been more than 50,000. Could you imagine? More than 50,000. I want this on his desk. I already have letters from John Dean. I have it from Nick Ackerman. I have it from Congressman Raskin, Congressman Steve Cohen of Tennessee, no relation. I have it from Asha Rangappa and uh, former Ambassador Norm Eisen, who was the ethics czar under the Obama administration. I have some real people who had written letters because it is it is the job of the president to protect each and every one of us, not just from outside forces, but from inside forces as well. And that's the weaponization of the Justice Department by an out of control, rogue former president and his bloviated attorney general, Bill Barr. All right. They need to do something. They need to correct this. That's the first. The second, I have now moved the RSS feed. Many of you would probably know this for my Maya Culpa podcast. It is now going to be through the Midas Touch Network, which is a fantastic thing for me. And I hope it's equally fantastic for the network where four, four of the top 50 podcasts in America are on this platform. And that says a lot considering, as you all know, it is not a funded. We are not the MSNBCs, the Foxes, the Sirius, the, you know, the various different companies that have billions of dollars that they throw at the advertising. People enjoy hearing the truth. And so if you would all be kind enough, go to wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts. You know, whether it's on your Apple phone, there's a little blue square, or if you have it through Spotify, Anchor, Odyssey, wherever you have it makes no difference. You'll see Mea Culpa podcast, but go for the one that has the blue background. That's the new one. So to hear all the old ones and the new one uh, and the new ones that will be coming up that's through the RSS feed of the Midas Touch Network. Please go to there, follow it, subscribe, do whatever you need to do. You could also leave a nice little five-star review. That's appreciated as well. But more importantly, I want to end the old RSS feed and only operate under the new RSS feed with all the new episodes that are going to, again, be through this fantastic network that 
you know, we, so much to thank for Ben, his brothers, Brett, Jordy, and the whole the whole team of, you know, legal beagles on like Legal AF uh, with Mike Popak or uh, Ignofalo, just a fantastic group of people. So please, if you would do that, greatly appreciate it and lots of love to that. So great to have you on the RSS feed for the mea culpa as well as political beatdown. To all the 14,000 people who are watching this live right now, go and check out a new Midas Touch video just dropped on the feed. Prosecutors make deadly move. Trump is toast. And you'll hear what Chris Christie had to say earlier today. Not just the former governor of New Jersey and Republican candidate for the presidency, but a former top prosecutor in New Jersey um, who knows a thing or two about corruption cases and is a Republican saying that Trump will be convicted. Check that video out. It just got posted. Also, the RSS feed is in the description for Maya Culpa. So if you go to the description, you can check that out. We're going to do our after show right now at patreon.com slash political beatdown. If you go right now and you subscribe to patreon.com slash political beatdown, you'll get to see the Zoom meeting that took place today as well. And it helps support the growth of this independent media platform where we don't have outside investors. Thank you, everybody, for watching Political Beatdown. Time for the after show and check out the other videos in the Midas Touch feed and subscribe to Mea Culpa description in the link below. Have a great day.